We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. I found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that he didn't with violence, and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we drink coffee and talk cults <laughs> and fringe religious groups from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners as it contains strong language and graphic or disturbing content. So, you will notice this is an extra episode Woo-hoo. this month. Uh, this we think of as our Halloween special. You looked at me like I was supposed to make a noise. I don't know. I was what, waiting for a spooky Halloween noise. noise. Wait. There we go. Good. Thank you, Sam. So, this month I would like to tell you about the Vampire Clan. The Vampire Clan. Yes. Like it. Can I just ask you if there's any murder this week? Yes. This case is based around a particular murder um of two adults. So most of the podcast won't be discussing that murder, but it does lead, spoiler alert, uh, to uh, descriptions of a murder. As you might guess, with Vampire being in the title, there will also be some discussion of uh, blood and self-harm. Thank you, John. But we will try and keep it light around that, listeners, as <laughs> If we could we get can. through Ant Hill Kids, I'm pretty sure we could. What did you think of Ant Hill Kids, listeners? Because we found it fairly traumatic. We've had a couple of messages that have been very lovely about how traumatic it was, but let us know what Thank you thought. Thank you for bearing with us. And I have to say, I normally listen back to these, because when we're recording them, I sort of lose sense of what we're actually saying and what goes on. So it's nice to listen back <laughs> to it later. I haven't listened haven't back you? to that yet. <gasps> oh, I had to. I had to, just to make sure that it made sense. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So well done to anyone who made it through that episode. Gold star for you. So this month, we're going back to the mid-90s. Woohoo! To that classic of a year, 1996. Wow, five-year-old Sam running around listening to Spice Girls. Great, good. Yeah, probably. 96, no, they came out in 97, didn't they? What I think I so, and I know that because I finished primary school, I think, in 97. Mm. Going into secondary school. So I like the, So like the music of that particular year is somehow really in my... From Lever's head in my brain, yeah. yeah. What were we listening to then? Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Uh, um, I was probably just listening to whatever was on in my dad's car. Oasis and Blur is still around. Yeah. The second, ver- oh no, second version of Three Lions is going to be out the next year. Oh, we've got that. Supergrass. Supergrass. <laughs> okay, cool. This is all British indie from the <laughs> mid-90s <laughs> that you might not be able to relate to, listener. Sorry. Well, you should. Go and listen to some... No, do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Because <laughs> we are not a cult. So we're Yay! going to the 60s. Oh. So we're going to 1996 in America. Okay. Uh, we're going to start off in a small town called Murray. Murray. So we're going to start with the main leader of this group of teenagers. Uh, his name is Rod Ferrell. Feral, like a feral child. F-E-R-R-E-L-L. Okay. So, close. Um, like and fennel with a speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> like fennel with a speech impediment. Sam is here for all your herb-related puns that you could possibly need. Uh, so, not only 
uh, is Rod, a 16-year-old teenager. Okay. But he comes to believe that he is, in fact, a 500-year-old vampire named Visago. Visago. Which okay. is sounds like it's straight out of an Anne Rice novel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in fact, it's um, there's an occult, uh, sort of famous occult book called The Lesser Key of Solomon. Okay. That, from my vague knowledge of it, is about here are the demons you can summon if you want them to do your stuff. Right. And one of the demons in that is Visago, but spelled slightly differently. It does also kind of sound like a shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> Visago, because I'm worth it. Do you want to look your best while drawing blood from your victims? Try Are you new. 500 years old? Visago. <laughs> your hair shouldn't look it. <laughs> There's no reason your hair should look undead, just because you are. <laughs> I was getting so off track today. I'm really sorry, John. Uh, no, it's good. It's a special, so we can be... We're, we're, again, we're trying to be uh, slightly light. That doesn't mean, listeners, that we're belittling any of the real tragedy we're going to describe later on. I'm sure a lot of you have listened to true crime slash comedy podcasts. You know the deal. We're not knobs. <laughs> also, this 16-year-old thinks he's a 500-year-old vampire. We might take the piss a little bit. A little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> he is a vampire. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that a lot. How long would it take him to count his age if he was the count? One. Um, and, and, and that demon uh, of interest is uh, supposedly uh, Satan's third in command, which has to be like a disappointing place to be in that. Come on, Rod Fennel with a speech impediment. Aim high. Um, so he has a childhood where he becomes, um, he says himself uh, later on, uh, you know, he wishes he could go back to when he was 12, when he was still sort of a relatively normal, happy-go-lucky kid. But at the age oh. of 12, he becomes really obsessed with sort of darkness and he talks later on about the fact that he used to dream about his own death as a child Ugh, quite a lot okay. um he was a bit of a loner yeah he had a difficult time at school yeah later on he gets expelled he'd used marijuana and lsd by the age of 14 wow and then after that moved on to coke and heroin oh no sometimes at the same time i've never done either of those drugs so i've got no idea what the no but that, that doesn't sound like it a good combination not, does especially it? not in a teenage person's body yeah oh absolutely. no he's 500 though so i'm sure he's done it all <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, true i keep forgetting that. so he seems like he has quite a troubled childhood he's yeah. got lots of like anger it sounds like a lot of problems for want of a better phrase goth kids doesn't it feeling isolated well it's and funny you and, say that oh, no. you, can, you, you can see where we're going yeah. with this so he has lots of sort of anger. He's sort of known quite often for getting into a rage and sort of smashing stuff up. And since the fourth grade, mm. which means uh, what sort of age is that like? <laughs> Absolutely no idea. It makes no I guess like eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. Is it? I don't... think so. I think it's sort of similar to like year but... four in our Yeah, but run. They, they go to school later, don't they? Don't they do first grade when they're six? Welcome to John and Sam Know Nothing About the American Education System. Yay! Ding, ding, ding! Come on down! Which I feel is a conversation we've had before on this show. Probably. What's fourth grade, listeners? <laughs> Help me. Email us. I, but I think basically it's that sort of age. Okay. Um, and they start playing vampire roleplay yeah. games. 
um, including a tabletop role-playing game called Vampire Colon The Masquerade. Vampire Colon. <laughs> that's, that's, the punctu- <laughs> that's the punctuation, not the name yeah. of my goth band that I'm going to form after this episode and that oh little tabletop gamers oh, yeah and that game is set in this kind of gothic punk sort of cyberpunky world cool. um and there's all this sort of there's a, it's a bit like dungeons and dragons there's a storyteller yeah um uh that you know there are certain terms for other vampires uh, are like your kindred they're your family great um and you get and that you can have humanity points so you start out with a certain number of human points Ooh. Yeah. And the more you play, the more brutal things you do, then your humanity points drop, lowers your human score. Okay. He also, around that time, is getting into sort of Satanism and the occult, Yeah. as you might expect, given what's gone before. Um, here's our first quote from him. Shall I do a vampire <laughs> voice or not? I mean, you could do a vampire voice if you want to. He doesn't sound like that. No, I'm not going to. It depends how long the quote is, how long you can keep the voice up for. (laughs) My bedroom was... No, No, I'm not going to do it. Or an American accent. My bedroom was an array of the darker side of the occult, such as the Necronomicon, the Satanic Bible, etc. I had upside-down crosses. I had broken shards of glass laying about in the corner. That seems like a hazard. I had hooks and metal cables wrapped around looking like Hellraiser. This is not a guy you want to do your interior design. No. <laughs> this is not. No. If he was What's the changing the rooms designer, room? <laughs> you'd be really disappointed when you came back for the reveal moment. Yeah, but at least it wouldn't be ugly like Lawrence Rowan Bowen does them. I mean, what would you rather have? That kind of weird... Purple flamboyance. Or just some glass in the corner. <laughs> So that's his kind of life and what's going on with him. Okay. In Murray, now Murray is this, it's right, it's nicknamed the buckle of the Bible belt. Oh no. So it's right in the middle of Kentucky, right in the middle of the Bible belt. Um, There is one church for every 300 people. Wow. In this town. Um, It's an alcohol free town. And it's also home to the National Scouting Museum. Lovely. What a wholesome town. Exactly. Except it's that, this... that 15-year-olds can get access to cocaine and heroin. and Yeah, mm. isn't that interesting? So the seedy underbelly. It's got this very sort of Christian, conservative, homely, you know, kind of atmosphere mm. to it. Um, and as you might expect, into that, this kind of goth scene yeah. grows and develops amongst the teenagers who can't drink who can't go anywhere, the, you know, in, I watched a documentary about this and one of the, like, entertainment places where this old guy was going, I want teenagers to come here and have a good time, is a, um, it's a roller skate rink, yeah. disco, um, with a, um, a circus-themed roller disco. Oh, I have some very good memories of going to the roller yeah, disco Yeah, it, look, it looks kind of fun, yeah. but I can imagine if you're a goth kid, you're not, not going to so have fun. good. So instead, they're hanging out in car parks late at night. Yeah. They're hanging out in the the fast food restaurants that are open late at night. Hanging out on street corners, and they're sort of yeah. Lots of people in the town suddenly start noticing there are lots of these goth kids. Okay. Painted nails, long black coats, long black hair, all that kind of yeah. Vibe. Great, cool. From in this, 
um, some people start to form a vampire family. Okay. In particular, there's a kid called Jaden and his brother Gabriel. Yeah. And they set up a little vampire family. And the rules are that they've all taken part in cutting and drinking each other's blood. Um, they think that that will make them immortal. Yeah. That you drink that energy from human beings. They also believe human life is sacred. So they've got like, a, you don't kill anyone. You just okay. drink well, that's um, good. blood. In the Again, in the documentary, they interview some of them. And it's a lot of young goth kids. And one of them uh, refers, to vam- smell them now. <laughs> refers to vampires as vampires. The thing about being a vampire is it's great. Okay. Um, <laughs> so everyone's got their thing at the moment. This doesn't seem to. Yeah, no, it's and you totally understand why these kids who feel a bit alienated from everything yeah. around them are finding a bit of a home. Absolutely, I was definitely one of those. I wasn't a goth kid because I wasn't allowed. But um, <laughs> my mum wouldn't buy me the things. Oh. Sorry, mum. I love you very much. <laughs> it's not too late, Sam. It's not too late. So Jaden starts this little family, and he. Uh, considers himself like the father or the sire of this group which means if you want to join the first thing that happens is that you drink his blood and he drinks yours and then you're part of the family very twilight very twilight yeah very much so um and they talk about so in the documentary there are some other members and they've got great like they have their human names and then their vampire names now they've realized they're vampires which are things like angelique and raven i would have really wanted to be friends with these guys (laughs) yeah um and they talk about how you know they think they're more sexual than other people they think they're like a higher breed and race they think that they have or can obtain special capabilities like mind reading etc so for those playing along at home if you're starting to get your cult checklist going yeah We've got a sort of charismatic leader who is in charge of the group. Ding, ding. This idea that you're better or separate or removed from mm-hmm. the people around, you know, it's starting to Beginning softly the isolation, yeah. um, play that. And it's understandable because this Murray is a, you know, circus roller disco. There are Confederate statues for soldiers all oh, around. No. It's clearly a kind of a weird place. Rod is around in the town at this point. Um, he's the son of a single mother, Sondra Gibson. You heard that right. Not Sandra, Sam. Sondra. Sondra. Cool. And his dad had left like pretty much immediately after he'd been born and had divorced her. Right. Um, and the first time his dad ever sees him is in court later on. Wow. Spoiler alert. So oh, that's, again, yeah. the kind of home life that, that he has. So he meets Jaden. Yeah. Who's also 15, 16. Father and sire of this vampire family. Rod's found a friend. And so Jaden sires Rod into this vampire family. um, And they consider each other brothers. They'd met uh, in 1995 when they were 15. And uh, uh, Jaden says in the documentary, like, all the kids would try and get them to fight each other. Because Rod was always walking around in his black trench coat. And Jaden was walking around in his cloak that he was wearing at the time. Um, uh, as part of the freak lifestyle but actually what happened was they became friends and they started to to share the vampire roleplay games as well that's a big part of how they spend their time at the moment it still just seems like kids playing and they're on the they're on the extreme end of 
kids playing, but it is just flat at the moment for, for me anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Rod, though, decides he's going to take a slightly uh, slightly different path. Ah, which this. is why we're speaking about yep. him. So, um, so Jaden sires him, and uh, th- what that involves is he takes him to a local graveyard, mm-hmm. and there's a special tree in the graveyard where all the vampires are sired and it's really it's interesting watching them talk about it yeah because especially in the context that they also play the role-playing things Mm. but they talk about it as if it's like serious long-term mythology magical significant and that it sort of imbues them with this real importance because they're part of you know we don't know when vampires began but it's a you know they there's been archaeological evidence since the beginning of time and now we're part of that and this is the tree in the town where everything where all the vampires here um so he takes him there cuts him on his arm they drink blood from each other and then meditate together until sunrise and that means rod's in and once you're in Jaden's family of vampires it's all about total loyalty yeah. And obedience to oh. your family above all others. Yeah. Outsiders, no, absolutely not. Um, Jaden and Gabriel, they have a sort of mildly Christian mother. Mm-hmm. They stop talking to her. I sort of oh. cut off from her. <laughs> There's a great bit of interview where she goes, you know, they believe all of this, and I, I think it's all just made-up bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Penny yeah. has no time for no. any of it. Um Penny gives no shit. Yeah, but they're sort of cut off. And they, you know, they're known around town for being this group of kind of weird kids who are involved in, like, sex and blood and magic rituals. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's trailing away from when I said a minute ago, oh, this is so cute. It's, yeah. It's going to get Grudging. less cute in the next couple of minutes. I imagine it will. I was just trying to enjoy the... So one day, Jaden, the father vampire, and yeah. Rod are walking around together talking about their lives and problems they reach the end of that trailer park where they're walking and rod notices there's a kitten a scientologist no an actual (laughs) real feline cat (laughs) um he picks the kitten up he plays with it he has a nice time with the kitten but then it scratches him which you think would be less of a problem given the rest of the way he spends his time. You can't but see me, but my head It is makes in my him hands. really angry. Aww. So he then uh, grabs it by the legs and in front of Jaden, he smashes it into a tree. Oh, gosh. At which point, Jaden goes, eh, Okay, this guy maybe isn't so great. Yeah. Um, and he says that he sort of p- pulls away from being his friend a little bit, then they see each other Good. a bit less. Right. A few months later, there's an animal sanctuary in town. Uh, um, and this very nice... Let's pop a little content warning in here for animal cruelty then, shall Yes, yeah. I didn't think of that at the top. <laughs> That's okay. Um, very nice lady arrives to work at her job um, in the animal sanctuary. And there are some dogs running around outside. Oh. And at first she thinks, oh, if people let some of the animals out. Yeah. She gets to the back of the property and the fence has been cut and pulled back so there's like a 20 foot gap in the fence wow and there's a big area it's all high grass at the back and that's all been trampled down so it looks like a group 
of maybe 15 or 20 people have. People or vampires? Or vampires. <laughs> Don't go near the fence. They are vampires. Um, <laughs> we need to laugh now because she then goes into the sanctuary and notices that there are animals missing. Mm. They go out to the field at the back where the fence has been cut into the little woodland. Yeah. And there they find that um, a large number of puppies have been oh, mutilated no. and tortured and killed. Oh. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a policeman interviewed in the documentary and he's clearly like, can't, you know, say in like human terms, but in dog terms, it's the worst cruelty I've ever seen done oh, to, to anything. Well, and that's on the, um, the McDonald's <coughs> triad for identifying serial killers as yeah. well, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that that's often a, a gateway into stuff. Yeah. And that obviously there's 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 blood all around. Ugh. Well, that's um, wasteful, aren't the vampires thirsty? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, when a group of people have gone into a nearby sanctuary, mm. killed animals, and spattered their blood around, everyone in the town goes, "Oh, it's the oh no, it is the vampires." Still trying to Why keep it. Why did they say it in the vampire voice? <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't they say? It's them vampires. <laughs> it's them vampires, I'm sure of it. Um, that is Transylvania via Kentucky. <laughs> that is an interesting... interesting I am one of the uh, Kentucky Transylvania... <laughs> Good. Coffee. Uh, Rod goes to the sheriff, walks into the police department, walks up to the sheriff and goes, I didn't do it. Mm, okay. Really want you to know I didn't do it wasn't me. I know you're going to think it was me. It really wasn't. Which you would think, you know, might be true, but also it's a very strange thing to do yeah. if it wasn't you in some ways. Yeah, that's a very bold... Yeah, inserting yourself in into it in that way. Like, I guess trying to get ahead of it, but not really thinking. I guess he's 16, isn't he? This 16-year-old kid, he just doesn't want to get in trouble. And he thinks he's kind of important and clever yeah. and better than other people and that he's got, like, mind powers. Yeah. Increasingly, these goth kids, and particularly the vampire subculture, becomes massively viewed with suspicion. And, right. Um, and it's interesting because it's a bit like the wild, wild country ah, thing yeah. of, uh, to begin with, they're, as you sort of say, seem relatively harmless. Mm-hmm. But all the local people with their own biases sort of assume that they're terrible and bad and yeah. discriminate against them. And then that starts this weird kind of... What, us and them? And it's, yeah. yeah. Um, us and them culture list. Uh, Rod uh, says that actually the town is evil, uh, like something in a Stephen King's novel. Oh, okay. Um, which cool. is interesting. Jaden, meanwhile, is still doing his thing with his group. So have we... I'm sorry, just for clarification, have we got two fracture vampire groups now? Are there a, is there a group with Rod? Or so is it... Rod is definitely not around with Jaden. Yeah. Jaden's doing his own thing. Yeah. There's perhaps this mysterious group of people who've done something at the animal okay. sanctuary. But there are definitely a group of people around Jaden. Yeah. Okay. And they're still, still going. Um, and oh, they're talking no. about still... I've just seen where this is going. Yeah, they're Maybe. talking about still siring people um, and crossing them over to being vampires. <laughs> uh, 
Jaden talks a lot about how your blood tastes different depending on whether you've got adrenaline or not and what your diet is and what you're doing and how interesting that is that your blood tastes different at different um, times. I suppose I could imagine that being true with there being a different amount of sugar in your blood maybe? Is that where? I think adrenaline probably, I, I don't know, I've never drunk my own or anyone else's blood. No. And it's really interesting because in the documentary footage moves between the vampires doing their thing and feeding on each other and showing their various cuts and then it'll cut while he's Jaden's still talking about it to communion in the local churches and all the local christians necking back wine as the blood of jesus yeah it's a really clever bit of subtle subtle editing in that like it Um, sounds good film and it's interesting you know rod said the town is evil like stephen king's they showed Jaden's apartment at the time and he's got Stephen King books everywhere. Yeah. And L. Ron Hubbard books everywhere. Ah, rather like your study at the moment, John. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I used to own a lot of Stephen King books. I don't think there are any now. Oh, there's one oh. there. And more oh, yeah. L. Ron Hubbard books than yeah, I would like that, to admit. Yeah, but that counts as three. That's a little anthology. <laughs> it does. It's, that's three novels in there. That's true. Yeah. I used to have a lot more. Um, you can see a good number of. L. But again, in terms, it's quite. In, well, there are two. I think that's enough for anybody. Don't we're going to do incidentally anyone who listened to our special undercover investigation um, <laughs> into a similar uh, group, the kittens. Uh, we're considering doing Scientology book review as a future episode because we've been trying to read some of their books and it's really have hard. some opinions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's quite interesting that those are the kind of things that are in Jaden's head with this yeah. little sect group that he's cool. um, founded. Rod has begun to really challenge Jaden when he's been involved in the role play at this point, just before the, the official... So Rod and Jaden are not hanging out anymore, but they're still getting together to play tabletop games? Still sometimes. They're, oh, and it's not even game tabletop rivals. games anymore. It's now like full RPG Okay. You come, you hang out, you dress up, you've got your vampire character. Oh, like when you play horses and owners or and mums and daddies. And there's weird footage of them playing it, like after all this has happened, where like there's a girl and she's on her knees and they're all going, scream. And she's screaming and they're going, no, scream like you mean it. You re- it's... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's all got this weird sort of violent sexual right. undertone. And it's, again, it's quite interesting in terms of the, the, like thinking about the cult thing the weird sort of identity thing and that your identity in that group then becomes more important than your real identity that you had before. Yeah, yeah. Sort of the blurring of those lines. The fact that they're all teenagers as well and they're in this conservative town, if you say it's the buckle of the Bible Belt, that their parents don't have more control over what their children are doing. Yeah, it it says at one point that um, Rod's mum came downstairs and found him and one of his girlfriends drinking each other's blood. Yeah. And was like, oh, that's... I suppose you can only do so much as a parent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll talk more about her as as time goes on as well. Um, But whenever Rod and Jaden are together, they often argue a little bit. Um, And Rod starts to challenge Jaden during the role play. Like, he'll challenge Jaden's authority as the leader of this group. Ah. As with other groups, that's really not done. Jaden is supposed to be unquestionable as the leader of that group. Um, 
so they threaten him a little bit and they have a bit of a fight and uh, Rod sort of starts having a go at Jaden. Jaden slams him up against the wall and holds him by the throat until he goes purple. Oh. And he says, and you know, I could have killed him then, but then I let go. Yeah. And Rod, when he's being interviewed about it, is like, I could have killed him, I would have killed him then, but I stopped. Okay. And Jaden goes, I just wanted him out of there. He was getting out of control. His mum was a freak as well. Aww. He's been getting more and more into drugs, so weed and acid and PCP and heroin. Right. And that becomes... But it's interesting because like, the kitten thing had happened, but Rod was still around. Yeah. Heroin and all of that kind of stuff. But it's when he challenges Jaden, the leader of the group, that it's like, nah, bruv, you're out. Quick question. If you're taking loads of drugs and then someone drinks your blood... Oh, would that have an effect? Yeah. I guess so. In a very mild way. I don't really know how it works. Probably. Because if it's in your system... Yeah. Because you're not allowed to have... You're not supposed to give blood if you've taken... No. Large quantities of drugs before, are you? Or any quantity of drugs, in fact. Interesting. I wouldn't know. I'm not allowed. Um, because of my glandular fever and other ah. discriminatory practices. Um, so Rod is kicked out formally then. And he founds his own group where he is the leader, the father, the sire. There we go. And he starts turning people into kindred and vampires. And so the first uh, person that he sires is uh, a guy called Michael, um, who's interviewed in the documentary. (laughs) That's right. I found that funny. (laughs) It's not quite the same as Vesigo. Michael. Michael. I'm going to. I had something like that once. I went to winter solstice at Stonehenge. Yeah. I don't know if I've told you this before. Um, and the druids at winter solstice at Stonehenge are much more sort of in charge of the kind of, sort of the celebration yeah. um, of what goes on at that stone circle. Um, and so they do their uh, sort of drumming and greeting the sun when the sun comes up. And then this particular druid guy goes, and if you'd like to come over to this part of the field now while everyone else does their thing, um, we're going to do a wedding ceremony so we were like yeah we want to see that yeah so we walk over stand together in a group there's some more chanting and things um and then he goes right we're here today to celebrate the wedding of a dear friend of ours the marriage of a close ally of mine a really wonderful uh person merlin Merlin. and you know druidry is a very broad church there are people that do have that sort of spiritual faith and you know have a certain approach to it yeah. there are also other people who really like cosplay the, the, the so merlin steps forward beard down to his belly button robes chain mail a sword a staff stuff in his hair he's huge yeah he steps forward and you go like if i was going to pick merlin out of a lineup That's that fine. right there is what i would pick up and he goes right. great here it's the marriage of our dear friend merlin and his bride-to-be Linda Aww. and Linda, who's this little woman in a normal raincoat, steps forward next to him. <laughs> and we saw the wedding of Merlin and Linda. Oh, I hope they've had many happy I'm days sure they have. And, and then they jumped over to... a broom and did stuff. But yeah, how cute is that? Merlin, Merlin and, and Linda. Linda. There we go. A bit more levity before we move on, okay. listeners. Brace yourself. Um, so Michael is 15. He becomes. Uh, a vampire in Rod's family. Um, and it's all about, you know, they're all the same age, 
but Rod is, you know, 500-year-old vampire dad. He'll give you advice. He'll tell you what you should be doing, who you should be hanging out with, where you should be going. You sort of hand over your life and, and guidance to him. Okay. And supposedly, the authorities think that he ends up with something like 25 to 30 <sighs> members of his gang. And so that's not including the ones in Jaden. Not including the others. Jaden and his brother are still doing their own thing yeah. over here. Wow. There are always like casual joking references to murder and killing people and how problematic the outsiders are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not allowed to be in both groups. So there's that kind of rivalry. Right. Um, and they talk about leaving the town as well because they're fed up of being persecuted by the local people. Fair enough. For their... That's what teenagers want to do. Blood ritual. Yeah. So then... Not necessarily blood ritual, sorry. That wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> teenagers all want to do blood rituals. That is not what I meant. <laughs> you think teenager, you think blood rituals. Do you? No. 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 Rarely. Um, so then... I will now. He speaks to Heather Wendoff, who is his ex-girlfriend, whose parents live in Florida. Okay. And they have a conversation about how unhappy she is. Mm-hmm. And Rod says, you know, he gives advice to people and he will do whatever people need him to do for them because that's part of their loyalty right. to the group. People's families don't understand them. Outsiders don't understand them. It's just about the group. Any obstacles to that would be removed. Oh, okay. Now, Rod claims that Heather asked him to kill her parents. Uh Uh-oh. She denies that. Right. I'm sure she does. So, the vampire clan now is Rod's group. As I say, they think there's 25 or 30 people. They're hanging out together a lot more. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a space they call the Vampire Hotel that's an abandoned building uh, found in Land Between the Lakes in Kentucky, which is a creepy name for anywhere, really. Um, And that's, you know, it's, it's in Kentucky, but it's away from the town. And that's where lots of their rituals and blood drinking feasts happen. Um, and they have parties. Come stay at the Vampire Hotel. You can expect bloodletting. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's like Take a, a walk on the lawn. It's like those um, uh, Premier Inn adverts with Lenny Henry, but he's walking around and the, just the walls are covered in yeah. blood. There's glass in the corner. <laughs> You've got to keep that good decorative feature. <laughs> Instead of like relaxing on the bed in the way he does in the advert, uh, he's lying on a bed of nails while yeah. teenagers in hoods Ooh. gather around him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're really becoming quite an established uh, group again around. And now they have their own place. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and Rod sort of talks about it and says, you know, I tried to embrace the lifestyle of being a vampire, and being so young, my mind latched onto it so deeply so tenaciously uh, that I got lost inside it. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Yeah. So he has a second in command by this point called Scott, mm-hmm. who's the next sort of level vampire in the group. They are spending a lot of time together around this time that he makes contact with Heather, hears about her parents. Right. Is Heather a member of the group or is she just a, an It's ex- slightly unclear. Okay. Um, she'd run away from home 
obviously from Florida, from Florida, to Florida and had been part of that group. So I guess she must have been, you know, initial. If she was hanging around with them, she must have had to join the clan yeah. and do the blood drinking, um, and all of that things. But I gather she was then back in Florida. Okay, I'm sure it will become clear. I think. So Rod decides that some members of the group need to take a trip. Literally, and metaphorically, Sam, they take incredibly high-grade oh, LSD yeah. and go to Florida. Right. I'm sure they're not the first, and they probably are the last. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if any of you have taken strong LSD and come to Florida, we'd love to hear from you. Can you imagine seeing a crocodile if you're taking LSD? <laughs> Oh yeah, hanging out in a swamp on LSD, I bet, is mind-blowing. On one of those airboats with a big fan on the back. Anyway. (laughs) So on November the 25th, 1996, they pull up in a car outside the house of the parents. Rod, Scott, Heather, Charity and Dana. Mm -hmm. The girls, Heather, Charity and Dana, stay in the car. Rod and Scott go to the house. Okay. They look in the windows... They work out where the parents are. Mum's in the shower. The dad's lying on the couch watching TV mm-hmm. with the volume really turned up. I'm just before it gets really dark. I'm just picturing just someone in the house and then like a, a wide shot where you can just see a little goth appear in the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, long hair, trench coat, Ooh. the works. So the boys enter the garage. They look around in there. There's some golf clubs. They see an axe. And Rod in his interview goes, and I just thought, you know, that's been done. That's overrated. People have done that. He looks at the chainsaw and goes, nah, that's too noisy. So he picks up a crowbar. Ah. Uh... And, sn- and this is where it's real like horror film territory. So yeah. they then sneak into the house. Yeah. The dad can't hear them because uh... he's the TV's up so loud. So they sort of sneak past him and around him. And then they hit him, strike him on the head with the crowbar. Yeah. Um, and then in one of the reports, it describes, this is what Rod says, I really have no idea where the idea came from, but Scott and I decided to just kill them. So that's what we did. In a childish manner, Scott and I ambitiously danced around his body before he was dead. Ah. Uh. And then they bludgeon him uh, to death. And stab him through the chest oh with my gosh. crowbar. That contradicts what he said before, though. I don't know what where the idea came from, but we decided to. And then you're going to say it's your ex-girlfriend who gave you the idea. And That's... why would they be sneaking in the house if they weren't? Yeah. And Heather was with them. Yeah, and why would you have had that chain of thought saying, not the axe, not the chainsaw. Oh, this is horrid. Carry on. Um, oh, I'm scary. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's about how this sort of imaginary world has sort of become so real to some of these... Absolutely, yeah. ...kids. Um, So at this point, mum walks out from the kitchen um, and she's got coffee and she throws coffee into Rod's face and... You know, again, it's part of his weird personality as leader of this kind of cult that he, he sounds really annoyed that she did that yeah. to him when he's being interviewed. It's like, and then she threw coffee at me. He was just upset. He smudged his eyeliner. 
And then she scratches him in the face. We know he doesn't like that. He does not like being scratched. So he hits her with the crowbar multiple times. Again, when he's being interviewed about it, he's kind of laughing about it. Not laughing, laughing. He's not, you know, doing the count's laugh, but he's kind of going, "Uh, yeah, and then I did this. You'll see where I hit her. (laughs) Very, very um, strange. So they are both dead. Rest in peace, Heather's parents. Yeah. Absolutely unimaginable senseless horror cold-blooded horror so they steal the keys to their the parents car Mm -hmm. a ford explorer don't know why i feel the need to give you that detail um they're covered in blood yeah they change the tags on the car and they leave okay with the three girls who've been waiting outside yes so heather's sister comes home Uh... finds her parents and she calls the police. Good. Yeah. And a few hours later, I don't know if you still have your map, Sam, of where Ooh. things are. Um, the teenagers are arrested in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Where's Baton Rouge? Oh, so they Baton Rouge is in Louisiana. So they've gone from Kentucky down through two states into florida and then across one state across mississippi oh no alabama and mississippi to get to baton rouge sounds like a fun trip if it wasn't including murder yeah (laughs) um so they're caught there and they're arrested and they go to trial that's just horrible okay okay yeah it's still quite far yeah i mean well done police for um finding them and and catching up with them that quickly but they go to trial yay they go to trial big thing for rod he can go in he's sticking his tongue out at the press <laughs> outside he's really sort of relishing this yeah um scott sort of isn't so much um and eventually scott and uh rod are sentenced to life in prison good for murder so they tried as adults then uh-oh. They're juveniles, mm-hmm. but they're convicted for. Uh, uh, Scott is convicted for life. Um, Rod receives the death penalty wow. as a sentence. Dana and Charity get seventeen and ten years respectively yeah. for their part in it. Mm-hmm. I guess like accessory to murder. Heather is freed uh. because they decide that she didn't know about the intentions of Rod. And his group of vampire friends. That's outrageous. Especially considering she was in the car with the other girls who served 27 years between them. If she was... Yeah. I also... There's a slightly different report that has Heather being in the house. But I don't know what that timeline is exactly. Okay. Well... But also, this is a... You know, again, what's interesting is they're part of a role play group. Where there's this level of things that they do that aren't real. Yeah. And how much you know what's going to be real and what's not. Uh, and you're just following Rod because he's the leader and he's going to... Yeah. Yeah, what level they're just yes-men sort of thing. Jaden uh, hears about this um, back in Murray. Yeah. Um, his mum tells him and says, I think they, uh, these people got shot. And Jaden goes, nah, that's not Rod then. Um, because he mm-hmm. says, 
With a drive-by shooting, you don't feel anything. That would be crap. Up close, you'd get to properly feel it. That's Jaden's opinion on what methods of murder are more okay. satisfying. Um, but when he hears that they've been beaten to death, he goes, yeah, that must have been. That sounds Ugh. like that was Rod. Jeez. Michael, who was the first person to be sired by Rod and join his group. Yeah. He didn't go on this trip. Good. Well done, Michael. A few days before, his mum sent him to a treatment centre for troubled youths. And so he wasn't involved. Great. He got clean. Yeah. He doesn't obviously believe he's a vampire Yay! anymore. Well done, Michael. Yeah. So he's out and he was he was safe. Rod is in jail. He is, as you might guess, kind of creepy. Yeah. He talks in this weird kind of slow, philosophical, I'm so interesting, this is my thing. I haven't way. seen him, but I can picture him. I can picture that. And you can imagine yeah. how compelling. I'll show you a picture of him in a minute. Um, that was. Um, they can be found on our Instagram at Coffee and Cults. He says, when I killed those people, I felt a rush. I felt like God. But if I was God, I guess I wouldn't be here. Right. That's what he says when he's been captured by the okay. police. Rod's mum moves to Florida to appeal his death sentence. Yeah. Um, and she's complaining about the conditions that he's being kept in. Most of the vampires and goth kids in Murray disappear, fade away. They don't see kids hanging out dressed like that very much. I guess you wouldn't anymore. want to be associated with it in any way. Jaden and his family are still going on. We'll come back to them in a minute. Okay. But let's stay with Sondra for a moment. Sondra, cool. Yes, I'm with you. Um, Sondra's mum's been campaigning about him. He's in a cell eight foot away from the electric chair. Yeah. He's being interviewed and going, actually, I've always thought the electric chair's a really interesting, fascinating icon of death. Well, I'm for, really Florida where Ted Bundy was executed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious about what it will be like to die in the electric chair. So uh, that's really that's going to be really interesting. I'm not bothered about that. Okay. But his mum's been campaigning for him. But then a year later, in 1997, mm. his mum was tried for writing, quote, lewd, sexually charged letters to a 14-year-old boy when she was 34 herself. Uh, The prosecutor argued the two misdemeanor charges should be upgraded to a felony. This is from an article called 10 Dark Facts About the Vampire Murders. Um, Here's a quote from this letter that she sent to this boy. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I long to be near you for your embrace. Yes, to become a vampire... A part of the family, immortal and truly yours forever. I hope that one day you will again return to Murray. You will then come for me and cross me over, and I will be your bride for eternity, and you my sire. So maybe some of Rod's particular influence in this stuff came from her, or else she became through him into this yeah. vampire mythology okay so how much she knew or was involved or modeled it or so i'm sure you said this but this was while rod was in prison she yeah so this is the year later okay uh, right which is so bizarre in this one town that there's all this yeah 
so meanwhile, Jaden and his gang, he's sort of blamed as being the friend of the murderer. Yeah. Uh, no one will employ him. All of those kids are sort of completely alienated from their parents and from everyone in the town. And it's really, you know, this, the thing you were talking earlier about the sweet, vulnerable loneliness thing. Yeah. It's this group of kids who go, we've got nobody else, but we've got this little family yeah. where we look after each other. Which in terms of like the cult recruitment thing. Yeah is so interesting and especially as it's targeting young people at yeah. a time in their lives when yeah everyone's weird when they're 14 and they don't really know where to go and if someone gives you that answer yeah and like other groups it's then got this weird mythology it promises mm. that if you keep doing it you're going to get magical powers yeah so uh, although yeah so it's interesting because this is like a small t it's like a a micro version of something that could be a cult yeah if they were all 10 years older it would be a lot yeah, it would, and it would feel a lot clearer, like a cult, yeah. cult. But it's got all of these little seeds of this kind of human behaviour. So in the documentary, they're going to leave Murray. Uh, Jaden saying he wants to have a castle somewhere so that he can start a commune for people who need a family and therefore are going to join his. Right. Okay. I want a castle somewhere, not for a commune. Just yeah. For... Um. Meanwhile, his brother, interestingly, decides he's going to go and live in Chicago. Okay. He doesn't know anyone in Chicago. Cool. He doesn't have a job. He says, well, I've been homeless before. I've slept uh, under bridges. I guess they have nicer bridges in Chicago than they do in Murray. And he's going off. Meanwhile, Jaden, his wife, and the two other members of the vampire group move to L.A. Again, they've cut off all contact with their mum. Yeah. Um, in this documentary, they don't expect... She doesn't expect to see them again. Wow. And... They talk about how like they've met, they've made connections with some of the goth community in LA, and they've like got a rep. They've got like a strong rep in LA because okay. the goths are like, "Oh, you're those, you're those goth goths. vampires from Murray." Yeah, and they're going. So that'd be great that we'll go and meet them because we've got that. So this is Jaden's group who yeah. had disassociated himself from Rod. Yeah. How? Okay, this is weird. Cool. So they're heading off to that and it is real you know like it's real Anne Rice interview with a vampire yeah you know Gabriel's even wearing those little purple glasses like an interview with a vampire yeah yeah they're they're like all all in um so that's all happened Rod's got the maximum sentence death penalty later though that was commuted to life without parole yeah because Rod was just 16, still a juvenile, when he committed the murders. The US Supreme Court declared, this is from True Crime Daily, uh, declared life without parole unconstitutional for juveniles. So he had the death penalty. Yeah. They went, you can't give the 16-year-old a death penalty. So they gave him life without parole. The Supreme Court ruled that life without parole is unconstitutional for juveniles. So this was in 2016. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. So in um, 2015, then, they ruled um, all juvenile killers with automatic life sentences must be resentenced. Okay. Which this article says means that after 20 years behind bars, he could start to apply for, what would you call it? Parole. Um, Parole release. Yeah. and there's an interview with him where he's going, I've got a woman outside waiting for me. I've got a job waiting for me outside. Right. I can. E- I even have a cat and a dog waiting. 
and and then there's a detective quoted saying i don't think he should be released but if he does i will keep an eye on him and that was the last thing that i could find about him that was in 2016 wow and that sam is the story of the vampire clan wow well done john I was trying to do a round of applause and then I realised it probably didn't sound that good on no, recording. We'll, wow, do, we'll, well add told. that in post. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, so just, yeah, I I found it really interesting because it's like such a weird little microcosm and in some ways it seems quite harmless, Yeah. but there are just enough little things where you get, you know, like if you're running the checklist. Yeah. Because it's described as a cult in lots of these articles, which is how I found it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, oh, I don't. At times, I was like, I don't know if it, does this really count. Yeah. But then you sort of go down some of the checklist stuff, and apart from like extorting money, it sort of matches. Charismatic leader, control over your life. You're cut off from outside people. Promises of special powers. Yeah. Outside people are bad. Um, a strong focus on recruitment. Mm-hmm. So they talk about how the fact that they. The group are always on the lookout for new members. They'll follow them and observe them yeah. and test them out and then invite them. So it's all got this, you know, it's not like people go, you know, they don't answer an ad in the paper and go, hello, I would like to be a vampire, please. It's yeah. like, I'm going to stalk you for a month because I think you might be into this. Oh. And then we're going to make an approach and then you'll come and meet Rob and be. And be silent. <laughs> How scary. So oh, we've got no idea what happened to Jaden and his mates afterwards? So as an update, it seems as though, um, understandably, Rod is still in prison. Good. Um, in 2013, a court tossed out the attempt by Rod and Scott to get a new sentencing hearing. So I guess they're sort of in legal limbo and still in prison. Um, from what it looks like okay um this is the section that john calls random bonus facts and weirdness we should have a jingle random bonus facts and i can't remember what else you said Ding. so when the police found the car and the teenagers in baton rouge they also found a blood-stained bed sheet and a paperback book with spells for conjuring demons Ooh. Amongst hundreds of other items. A paperback book. <laughs> <laughs> With spells to conjure demons, yeah. isn't it? You know, you need the full sentence for the full creepy. But you imagine like the hocus pocus eye on Yeah, the... yeah, 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 absolutely. No, Not it was just, like yeah. retail price, $9.99. Um, 50p from Oxfam. And there are lots of different, yeah, and then it's talking here about the different games. Um, so there was the one I mentioned earlier, Vampire the Masquerade. They also played Vamps. The Victorian age vampire game. Here's Rod, look. This is him now. Okay. Sam is just walking around the desk. Okay. Um, he looks like someone that you might see on a building site. Or in a pub. Oh, look at that hair. And that's him. Oh, poor kid. Uh, He's had the same hairline since he was 15. There's a photo here, listeners, of him hanging up by his feet. Like oh. a vampire might. Oh no! Oh, and that again, was a, picture that wasn't in a crime scene photo that yeah. we didn't want to see on purpose. Um, okay, yeah, he just he looked like goth kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, looks fairly standard in that 
run. Oh, there's How sad is it as well that, you know, there's so many good things about that, I don't know what you call it, that culture or that yeah. uh, way of personal expression. There's some lovely things about it um, and that someone could take it so far and kind yeah. of ruin it for everyone else in but the But that's town. the thing, isn't it? It's that thing about, you know, disillusioned, disconnected, lonely people yeah. find a group to belong with, get all the benefits of being part of that mm-hmm. family, but actually it's got so much darkness attached. And perhaps understandably, it's hard to find very much about Jaden. We've just done a little Google investigation, uh, listeners, which also threw up this fun article from The Independent in 2016. Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son, claims he used to identify as a vampire and could not expose himself to the sun. Which I had not heard about before. Interesting. So there is more than one vampire Jaden. Apparently so. During a period of my life, I was gothic, he told French magazine Numero Homme. I was only wearing black and I was hiding from the sun because I was a vampire. Wow. I was a vampire for real. I could not expose myself to the sun. I'm not a vampire anymore. I'm out of that phase. I open myself up to wearing more colourful clothes, to going out in the middle of the day. Some people really have no worries, do they? (laughs) I mean, that's just a happy story about thinking maybe you're a vampire and then just putting on a yellow shirt at noon. And then going outside. Bless him. It seems from a brief bit of Googling that Jaden is back in Murray in Kentucky. Okay. He's 40. He was married. He's single. Any ladies in Murray, Kentucky? No, don't. Oh, do. That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is the vampire clan, Sam. Great. Wow. Thanks, John. Happy Halloween, listeners. Happy Halloween, the spookiest time of year. And we hope you enjoyed, if that's the right word, um, this story of teenage proto-cult yeah. behaviour. Cool. Well, it's definitely like the seeds of, like I said, if, if, if Jaden had been 10 years older, you don't know what more he would have been able to do with those people. Yeah, or Rod, you know, Rod, if he, yeah. it's it feels like the Manson Absolutely, family. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Doesn't it? If, if you know, if that counts Turning as a cult. Turning up in a car and waiting outside. You know, these group of people, they have a leader. He makes a decision that they're going to kill go these people for whatever reason. Yeah. Ooh. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. And you know, it's important that we say this is by no means a smear on people that play vampire roleplay games or you know anything in goth culture this is just an example of i guess like any of these cults that you can have a christian cult that takes christianity and turns it into a weird cultic group you can have the kittens who take nonsense and (laughs) into a weird take psychology and psychotherapy and turn it into a weird cult faux faux psychology and faux psychotherapy in their case yeah um yeah that whatever the you know whatever the story is whatever the mythology is you can twist it into this Hmm, almost like you can read a religious text and make it mean whatever you want it to mean to prove the point that you were trying to make originally. And on that note, listeners, (laughs) that brings us to the end of our uh, Halloween special. Uh, I'm going to say that again because I said special in a really weird way. And so, so, listeners, this is the end of our Halloween vampire special. Uh, 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 Ah, ah, ah.
before we go, we were just going to give you a little preview into what's coming up over the next couple of episodes. So uh, next month, November, it will be the 40 year anniversary of the uh, massacre at Guyana caused by Jim Jones at Jonestown. So we're going to have a couple of big, probably quite hefty episodes about the beginnings of that and the, you know, the day of. So we'll have, yeah, a two-part special looking at Jim Jones and the events at Jonestown, yep. told by Sam and I together in a new, exciting, Ooh. tag team style. See, now I'm just picturing us in wrestling singlets, <laughs> oh, <laughs> telling no. the story of Jim Jones. That's not what's going to happen, That's listeners. Not. And then in December, just as we've had our Halloween special, and although we're not particularly religious in any way, shape or form, we will have our Christmas special slash holiday special which i'm just going to say this phrase to you listeners as a teaser i won't even necessarily tell you which group um but we'll be talking about the christmas monster kutatek very festive (laughs) merry christmas merry kutatek (laughs) that changed that's a different word because I don't know how to pronounce it can you tell I'll find out by December listeners or we won't and you'll get to hear a different word each sense lovely on that note please if you've enjoyed this or any of our other episodes please do uh, check us out on social media you can find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram Coffee and Cults if you'd like to Speak to us if you have any involvement or extra information about any of the groups we've spoken about. If you have a group you'd love us to talk about in the future, you can email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com. If you do feel so inclined, um, please give us a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you listen on. We would appreciate that very much. Um, just to help us get the word about the podcast out to other people. Please tell your friends if you have any other creepy friends that you think would enjoy us. Or non-creepy friends. Or non-creepy friends that you'd like to make creepy. What I'm learning (laughs) at the moment are friends of mine that have listened and then either enjoy it or don't enjoy it. There was some the other day who was like, I've listened. Only to one episode though. And I had to go, yeah, it's fine. It's not not for everyone. Yeah. Thank you for the listening number. Um, if you would like to be even more of an amazing, incredible human being, um, we are also on Patreon, so forward slash Coffee and Cults, or you can find us on a alternative funding website called Coffee, K-O-F-I, um, where you can buy us a coffee. Yeah, so you can give us a one-off donation to cover the cost of a coffee uh, while we record. I think it works out as being about $3 or whatever that would be in pounds, three or four pounds. Um, that would be great as a one-off, or you can support us regularly on Patreon. And on our Patreon page, there will be uh, some exciting things. So there'll be a few bonuses, um, some extra episodes going up, um, some book reviews and little article things, and, and behind-the-scenes stuff, if that's your bag. Thank you very much for listening, um, and we'll speak to you soon. Love you. Take care. Love you. Bye. Bye. We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. found out that I was actually a